What is up, everybody? We are not here to play school. We are here to talk college football. It's Jake Micah with my brother Alex Micah. Let's do it again. We gotta we gotta remind the people why we're here. Because we ain't come to play school. We did not come to play class pointless. We still recommend graduating if you're in school, as Cardale did, but you can wait. That's the main the main crux of this is you can wait if you want to. Don't go to football, don't go to school. You go play. You ain't there to play school. You're due to play whatever you want to do, and then you'll end up like this. Yeah, he clearly looks like he was starting in the game for the Bills. Legend. Had, That's had, why I picked had, this had picture. Had this picture's had, hilarious. <laughs> if if you look up Cardell Jones NFL, there's not a lot of pictures of him in uniform. It's a lot of standing around. So this one, that's the one we had to go with. But we're here. It is the first showdown Saturday of the college football season. Uh, we get one in. I mean, there will be a couple of them during the year with a bunch of high stakes ranked matchups. But this is the first one of the early season here in week four. And we've got some fun ones uh, to start off with, but we got to start in the big 10 where we generally start because there are two huge big 10 matchups both going on at the same time. And as much as I would love to start in at Penn state for the whiteout, we have to go to uh, we have to go to South Bend, Notre Dame, Ohio state top 10 matchup under the lights, Notre Dame trying to keep out all those Ohio State fans. You know, I forgot about that a couple years ago when Georgia sh- showed up and just invaded the stadium. And then I read a big article on The Athletic today about uh, how Notre Dame's trying to prevent Ohio State fans from taking over. Some- you remember that when it was just a sea of red for that Georgia-Notre Dame game? No, I don't. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. Go look up a picture of it. And it's crazy. Like, it's... um. It, 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 it looks like it's a Georgia a Georgia game. Well, I mean, you know, fan base is trapped well. <laughs> 2017. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know yeah. why I don't really remember this game that much? I don't – I was I was very hungover during the day for this game. I, that's why I don't remember <laughs> it. <Yeah, it's, laughs> well, that explains it. That, that, that'll do it to you. Yeah, it does that. That does tend to get a lot of people on the college football Saturdays. This was a, I yeah, think it was yeah. an early. It was a two thirty start too. That was a, no, that was like it was a night game. But I was just, it was a rough day. That was homecoming yeah. at Kent State. That was not a good day. Oh, <laughs> oh, was that homecoming? That was, so yeah. That's why I don't remember watching this much of this game either. Then because I was not violently hungover, but definitely no. feeling something. No. Uh, not good. We that's we on. were not. <laughs> no, 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 but we that's the, the point of this is we don't know this. Mo doesn't know about this Notre Dame Georgia game from a couple years ago because we were not there to play school at Kent State that no, day. We not. were there, no, we no. were there for many other reasons, not yeah. for school. <laughs> but Notre Dame, Ohio State, uh, last year, Ohio State, it, it was, I mean, they Kick pretty much the handled season. that. It wasn't, us. it wasn't a middle of the season game, it was, it was the first week. Um, yeah, and it was a big, uh, big ask for Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman, his first game, go to his old team and play against them. Yeah. They feel like they're much more prepared this year. Oh, I mean, they definitely are. I mean, we're talking about we wanted to start there. Um, we need to travel to South Bend. That's kind of the same thing. College game days in South Bend. They knew this was the marquee game. There's a lot of good games this weekend, but this is the one they knew they needed to be at. Top 10 matchup. Uh, I wanted to say it was Marcus Freeman was searching for his first like, big win in Notre Dame, but... I don't remember last year. They he picked up some big wins. He had four different yeah. ranked wins last year. 
And, I mean, that's not the shy about his first year as head coach. And the way that offense is rolling right now, I mean, they, they, they're they not the favorites in this game, but I feel like they should be. Yeah, what is the I, – I should have the line right here. It's, um, I have them all. I have them all. It's OSU minus three. Yeah, that's kind of – I mean, it, it's – Here's the thing, too, is I'm a, I'm with you because I think we're both probably on Notre Dame for this game. I think there's a little bit of disrespect coming to Notre Dame, just, you know, past history. I think they've won. I can't remember what the stat is, but their they're record in top 10 games over the last uh, 20 years, 21 years, or, 20, or maybe since the 21st century, it's just not good. They've had, like, it's like 4-19, and 19, I think, in their last 23 top 10 matchups. So they don't win these games a lot. And But this feels like... Ohio State is definitely getting looked down on more than they should be this week because of some lackluster performances and the quarterback questions. And then you see the other side of the ball with Notre Dame and Sam Hartman. This could be the Sam Hartman-Heisman game for all we know, or at least yeah. the Heisman announcement game if it goes out well. But Ohio State is going to – this is going to be a close game. Whatever doubt people have for Ohio State, they're going to feel stupid about it because that team is still loaded with talent. But I just feel like maybe they can't. I don't know if they can keep up with Sam Hartman the way it's been they, going. I don't know if McCord can. Right now, Ohio State's defense is the second best um, in the country for points per game. Michigan's one. Uh, Notre Dame's they put played? on crazy. They put on a show. They have the same amount of points, but they haven't played a defense as good. It's it's tails like two coins. They haven't played a defense as good as Ohio State's. Ohio State hasn't played an offense as good as Notre Dame's. So yeah. it's going to be a very big, you know, bend but don't break kind of situation. See, see what Ohio happens. State Hartman, right. This could be his Heisman coming out party for sure. If he shows up and throws for 350 yards and four touchdowns against this Ohio State defense on national TV, I mean, he's got he's got to be the front runner at that point. Yeah, I would agree. Ohio State, um, so far this year, they've gotten better offensively every game. Obviously, they started out at Indiana, and that was a disgusting performance 23 to 3 they didn't have a great performance against Youngstown State only 35 points last week they really turned it up and it was a it was a second half it was a second quarter burst it was a close game for a minute there with with Western Kentucky and then they kind of went on a big basketball-esque run just scored and they were up big at the half and didn't look away then but and I don't a know I just don't part feel of that is I mean going to only one quarterback with just having it be Kyle McCord now instead of Devin Brown taking snaps too. Him only coming yeah. in when they're blowing somebody out. And then, I mean, he's kind of force-feeding Marvin Harrison Jr., which, I mean, if you have Marvin which Harrison you Jr., should. that's what, yeah, exactly, that's what you should do. So, Well, what do you think about the Notre Dame side of this? Because their offense has obviously looked incredible the first uh, couple weeks, even that NC State our, game. Their offense is so well-balanced. They're, they're running back. I can't remember the running back's name, but he's leading the country in rushing yards right now. And Sam Hartman is fifth in passing yards. They are yeah. ridiculously well balanced. It's, it, I don't know. I mean, like I said, they haven't played a defense yet, like the same caliber of uh, Ohio State, but that offense is a well tuned machine. It is. And, and it's like you said, they haven't played that defense. That's why it feels like this game, a three point spread feels good about it, but I, I do feel like you have to take Notre Dame and the points on this because. It's just it's right there for you. You got a team, a top ten team at home as an underdog who's looked awesome. Like I feel like the value is just there for them. And I personally, before we move on to this Penn State Iowa game, I think Notre Dame's going to win. I don't think I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think they're going to run away with it. But I think this Notre Dame team is one of those teams that one of these Notre Dame teams. They're 
that's going to dominate the regular season. And this is their big, this and USC are their two biggest chances, obviously for big wins in the year, but, and they have them both at home, but Hartman, it's just a different, it's such a different Notre Dame team. When you look at Sam Hartman and what he's been able to do, and he's shown that he can do this consistently year over year now, like this isn't just, Oh, he's doing this with Notre Dame after transferring. He's done this with lesser rosters against teams and won big games in his career. He's played in big environments too. McCord is, this is McCord's biggest game of his life on the road. So those things, I feel like the poise and everything, like it could come down to one, maybe McCord throws one pick and Hartman doesn't, that could be the difference in this game. It for, for sure. Good. And I want to, I want to say that running back's name is Audric Estime. I think that's how you say it. Yes. But yeah, no, he's leading the country in rushing right now. So it's, I mean, it might come down to that. If Hartman can't get the ball moving through the air, I mean, maybe they're just going to be a ground game. It's, I don't know. What's the weather. I mean, I know the weather is supposed to be bad this weekend in a lot of places. How is, is Indiana getting hit with some rain? Well, I haven't looked at South Bend, but I do know here in Chicago it's supposed to be sunny and 70 all weekend. So it, we, sh- I would imagine South Bend's around the same. But First. let's check out the handy-dandy weather app. Yeah, Saturday it's going to be like 68 degrees at kickoff and sunny and perfect. Oh, okay. So, so it's going to be a I mean, great good conditions then. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It's going to be a great atmosphere. And I think, you know, we talked about it last week a little bit. And I wrote about it in our in our preview, and it came to fruition about Tennessee and Joe Milton going on the road for his first big game. That team felt like they were better. You know, Tennessee, I think overall you'd say they're a better team than Florida, but you put a quarterback in that position who hasn't been there in that kind of environment, light, lights on, primetime game, ESPN, in the swamp, and you saw they struggled. And I feel like I'm looking at this same situation again, and it's Kyle McCord, and I know it's Ohio State, not Tennessee, and all these other things, but I think that's what people are like. People are expecting him to snap because they're Ohio State, and maybe yeah. they are getting disrespected a little bit. But I think Notre Dame's still being disrespected because they they've got the they've got the veteran quarterback, which is really what matters here. I feel like the biggest trend we need to follow in college football this year and going forward is when you have the young quarterbacks starting on the road, especially in these games. And then with the transfer quarterbacks, guys that have been there before in these different kind of environments too. Because like once you've seen it all in these college teams, you're going to be comfortable. So McCord's not – I don't – I expect McCord to have some struggles at least early on. I expect Hartman to be ready to go, and I think that's – Oh, yeah. Good. I mean, it's got to be – I mean, the, the, just the noise is going to definitely hit McCord at some point. That first drive from yeah. them, I, I mean, I expect like a delayed game penalty at some point, I would think. Unless there's all these Ohio State fans there. Who knows? Yeah, they, maybe – Maybe. They said that they're. They said that the article I read was a great athletic article. Everybody should go check it out. But Notre Dame seems like they have a better plan to to keep everything in house and keep it a Notre Dame friendly stadium this time around. They're they're basically like we never want that to happen again. Um, so it should be a fun environment in South Bend. And I mean, how many times are we going to see in our life Ohio State? And Notre Dame regular season, unless Notre Dame joins the Big Ten sometime in the future, yeah. Notre Dame Ohio State regular season matchup on campus like they played in bowl games over the last 20 years or so a couple times but this is going to be a special environment uh saturday night it was special last year but last year felt different because like we said marcus freeman you know notre dame was highly ranked but we really didn't know what to expect i feel like this year we know no, what to i mean that was the thing like that game was close but because of notre dame's defense it was like awful quarterback play on notre dame's part yeah so and and smith and jigbo getting hurt on like the opening drive that was tough, and that was definitely a damper on the game. And then the the season, I mean, we didn't see Smith and Jigba again really the rest of the right. year, so it was definitely a damper on that. But let's get into the whiteout, another special atmosphere 
on Saturday night. Uh, it's going to be the best atmosphere in college football. I think a lot of people would agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a CBS broadcast. The first nighttime CBS big 10 broadcast. We'll have Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson on scene for the whiteout. I'm very excited to hear them talk about the whiteout because they've obviously been in sec environments for the last however long. So I want to hear them like talk, compare it, talk about it, see it because let's face it. We got number 25, uh 24 25 i think they're 24, 24 now 24, Iowa. at number seven penn state this is a game that these two teams hate each other there's some the, the coaches have been snipping back and forth all offseason especially from last year's yeah, game yeah. the last couple of years games the fans um, yeah the fans the iowa fans especially do not like penn state fans yeah uh, players are faking injuries a lot you'll see there's a gif of like this got old man in the crowd i don't know He's just like faking a shoulder injury on the last time they played at Iowa. Uh, not not good. Bad blood between these two schools. Very randomly, bad blood. But <laughs> bad blood. They've had and they've had some classic games. We'll go back to 2016, the Saquon Barkley overtime game again, or not overtime, but the Sa- there's a Saquon Barkley. That's Minnesota. I'm thinking of. Yeah. But there's just been some classic matchups in 20, the past. 2017, the, the, the overtime, the walk off touchdown, the yes, walk off touchdown before Trace McSorley. Yeah. Yes. So they've had some classics, and I expect nothing less from this game. I think Iowa, Iowa, the Brian Ferentz watch, he's back over 25 points a game after a big week last week. So we're gonna that's a, that's a little side plot there for this game. But what do you expect from Penn State, Iowa? We saw Aller last week struggle a little bit with a really good defensive line, but he he didn't make any critical mistakes. They'll have the crowd behind them here. So what do you expect? Uh, I mean, it, it all, like, I brought it up. That's why I wondered about the weather um, for South Bend. It's supposed to be gross, like, 50 degrees and raining for the whiteout. Typical. If, that, if that's the case, I expect more than to rely more on the run game. So, they'll take a little bit of pressure off of Valera. That's where we got – we haven't really seen Singleton or uh, Catron Allen, like, take off this year. Really, and, like, take over the game. So, that will be interesting to see if they can do that and make it e- – open up the pass game a little bit. For uh, for Aller, he like you said, he didn't play awful against uh, Illinois, and that Illinois defense kind of came out of nowhere. No one thought they were going to be playing that well. He had a lot of batted balls. That's what he needs. He needs to, I don't know, check just check like his vision for where he's throwing. And there was a couple of miscues, yeah. just like him and the wide receivers not being on the same page. Didn't put the ball into harm's way, but uh, definitely definitely needs you to just like think more, take some more time. And that might just be because it was his first road start. But I expect, honestly, a heavy run game is what I think is going to happen. I think Katron and uh, Singleton are going to get like 15-plus carries each. I think that that's the point, especially if it's going to be messy and gross weather. The running game is really what's going to dominate. And I think that that's what Penn State's going to want to do all year long, excuse me, is dominate on the run game and let Allaire be a game more of a game manager than anything else. Last week, they really couldn't do it. They could not get the ball go. They just couldn't get the run game clicking the way they would generally want to. And it's why Allaire had so many passes. He didn't, they didn't want him to have that many pass attempts. His completion percentage looks horrible from last week. But if you watch that game closely, there's a lot of batted balls. There's a lot of, there's some bad drops in the game. But a there lot was, of his there was several bad drops on that would have made first downs and kept that offense yeah. on the field. That too. And there's a lot of plays where he just is throwing the ball where either only the receiver can get it or it's like a throw that's really a throwaway. And I think those are the plays you see from a guy in his third career start. Like, it's it's impressive, honestly, the poise yeah. that he showed. No, so I'm kind of was, excited to see that. He was smart with the ball. That's yeah, sure. he really was. So we'll see. Iowa, we know Iowa's defense, they're going to they're gonna cause havoc. They're going to cause problems in that offense. 
it's trying to get up tempo. It's trying to get some points up on the board, but that's a that's a dominant, the most dominant defensive line they might see all year this week. Maybe just the most dominant defense they'll see all year this week for Iowa. I just don't see them scoring more than 20 points against Penn State. I think no, that's not the with the way, especially with the way Penn State last week was able to take away the ball so much. And yeah. Cade uh Cade Nakamara, uh already has three interceptions on the year in only three games. So I mean, it's highly possible he'll get picked off a few more times. That Penn State secondary is not a joke. So, no, they, I mean, what they have three picks last week or four picks last week? Uh from yeah, they had four picks last week. One of them was a yeah. linebacker. So three, yeah. three corners though. Yeah, yeah, and it was like it was hell for for Allmeyer there for a little while. So, big game coming up. The Big Ten. We will we'll find out a lot about the Big Ten this weekend because Ohio State, Penn State, obviously neck and neck in the rankings right now, and. Yes. You know, and that's um, Penn State is 14 and a half point favorites at home. Yes. So that's, we'll I don't know about that. I don't know about that. No, I feel it's, like it's a 24, it's a 24 to 10, 21 to 10 feels like the number. And that would be an well, you know, 20, hey, 24, 10. That's close. If they get 24, 10, that's, that's what I mean. That's, <laughs> that's what I mean. We're right there. All right. We're going to move on from the Big Ten here and start talking about the Pac-12. We've got some exciting games in the Pac-12 and we got to talk Oregon, Colorado to start. First we got to talk about last week's Colorado game because it literally captivated the nation. It was the most watched late game ever. It was the fifth most watched game ever on ESPN. 9.2 million viewers at a 10 o'clock Eastern kickoff. You were up at 2.20 in the morning watching yeah, I'd like, I'd like Colorado, to say- Colorado State. I'd like to say I watched Colorado, Colorado State last year, too. So the, the fact that it was that game had like seven combined interceptions and it was like 13 to 10. I'd like to. So it didn't matter to me that it was Dion, but I was I was happy I stood up and watched this game. It was awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah. the, I, it's surviving double T and it's I mean, really, it's just a testament to his kids. Honestly, Shadur is playing out of his mind. He he looks like the most seasoned vet quarterback in college football right now. And then Shiloh, the his older brother, the safety, had the huge pick six that kick, um, started that game off and had a lot of good plays. It was it was just a full on Sanders show, as it should be. I mean, and that, and it, and Shiloh, that's a great point about Shiloh. But Shador, so Shador's footwork is kind of crazy. He he he's bouncing around there. And if this, that's what I'm worried about this week with Oregon is if that defensive like the offensive line for Colorado is shaky I think he's let up it's like the fifth most pressures in the country or something like that and that just shows how good the kid is like he all like you said he has poise he always looks prepared he always looks like he's in control and that he's getting pummeled pummeled and it feels like it's gonna happen again this week he is but you know he's he's hopping right back up and then he had a, he had his first pit uh interception last week and it really wasn't even his fault though it was like a ball that Travis Hunter was coming down with, and then it got ripped out of Travis Hunter's hands. And they called yeah. it a pick. Really, it was more of a fumble. And, I mean, that's a big thing, though, coming into this game is when you talk about Travis Hunter, who was not playing. He got uh, yes. taken out of that game and taken to the hospital after uh, a questionable hit um, from a player uh, from, what's his, Blackburn. Um, yeah. they, they all, all, all forgiven, Deion said. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, all yeah. forgiven. Oh, but just, yeah, he's so I mean Travis Hunter will not be playing this game, and that's huge. I mean, a guy who's playing 110 snaps a game is n- is not going to be there. I mean, yeah. that's that's definitely going to factor in against a good Oregon team led by another veteran quarterback, Bo Nix. I mean, you can call college quarterbacks veterans, but he's been around for a while. 
<laughs> he is a veteran. He was not, it was at Times Square, man. He's a, he's a star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think the big you're right about Travis Hunter because that's such a dynamic on both sides of the ball. And the fact that they're in Oregon here, it's I see like 42 to 24. Something like that. 45 24. I think the spread's 21. It is. It's, and it's I a think lot. But that, it's like a, we talked about this last week. Vegas doesn't they don't know, know what to do with Colorado. Yeah. They don't know what to do with Colorado. They had the Nebraska game where it was three points and they lost and they won by 21. And then last week, you know, it was a 21 point against Colorado State and they only won by that touchdown in overtime. Yeah. So it's they, they're not sure. I mean, who knows? This game could end up being really close. Maybe the defense steps up, takes a little bit of the pressure off Shader. You know, if they don't have to put up 40 points a game to win, that would be that would be big. But. And I think they kind of luck out, too, that it's not a night game. There's a, such a loaded night schedule that that game's 3.30 and not a late night game in Austin because that's when they would Definitely. get trickier. Definitely. And next week they got USC at noon. <laughs> so yeah. it's going to be <laughs> – we're going to find out a lot about Colorado the next two weeks. And we've known that since the schedule came out. We saw or- at Oregon home to USC the first two Pac-12 games. Like, okay, well – Depending on how the first three go, we're really going to know about them after that. And the first three went about as well as they could have gone for Colorado. You beat your yeah. rival, you get two other big wins, beat two rivals, I guess, actually. And it, so it's yeah. uh, and then maybe a, a possible future rival in TCU with them joining the Big 12. That's true. Good point. Uh, how do you feel about I don't really have any comments on UCLA or Utah. I have not watched enough of either of these teams uh, this year. So it's I need Utah, your, your Utah is struggling here. without Cam Rising. But, like, they're still finding ways to win. They had that comeback against Baylor um, at Baylor week two uh, where they I mean, they were trailing the entire game and with the last, like, two minutes they took the lead. I, I don't know. They, they're they fairly, like, average is what it really comes out to. Yeah. They're, not, they're not amazing. UCLA, though, is a, um, is a top 20 offense in points per game and a top seven defense in points per game. So that's going to be the, a huge test for them. If UCLA can hold – like – or uh, Utah is not scoring like crazy. They scored a lot last week against Weber State. So if UCLA's defense is holding them and their offense is doing what it needs to do, it's a win for UCLA. I know they're at Utah, and Utah's the favorite, but it's not a lot. It's only four and a half. That's not bad. No, it's a, that's. It's I mean, that's. I think it's a very close game. I would. I mean, I. I mean, I would not be surprised if if UCLA picks up the win. I think I'm leaning UCLA just because of the rising question you've been asking, and I just feel better about Chip Kelly's ability to score points <laughs> in, in, in any situation. I know, right? Um, so I need to, now before we get into Wazoo and Oregon State, I need to give you what I told you the the merger rumor or the the, the idea between the Pac two and the Mountain West going on right now. Yeah. But here's what their idea is: it's a relegation promotion idea. They will, they will have 16 teams in the conference. There will be a Pac-12 division, which is eight teams, and a Mountain West division with eight teams. The eighth-place team in the Pac-12 division automatically gets relegated. There will be a sixth- and seventh-place game. The loser of that gets relegated from the Pac-12 division. The flip side, the Mountain West, the first-place regular season champ, automatically gets promoted, and then there will be a second- and third-place Mountain West championship game to determine who is the next team promoted to the Pac-12. That is the an idea that's being floated around right now between the Pac-2 and the Mountain West. So the way that they could keep the conferences, keep the brands, and okay. you know, and offer opportunity to everybody. So how do you feel about the I mean, 
Pac-12. I mean, it's an interesting West concept. Conference. I mean, it gives you extra games um, during that. Con- I mean, I assume it would be during conference championship week. You have that two and three, and then that six and seven game play yeah. each other. And I mean, rel- I mean, whatever about like bring someone up in relegation. I mean, we see it happen in like hockey for like the world championships all the time. They kind of, they do that stuff. So I mean, it's not like a, a crazy concept. The way it would work with like TV deals and stuff would be interesting, though. Certain teams are coming into the Pac-12 and others aren't, and I mean that would definitely affect things. I mean, this is all just about TV money, anyways. Yeah. Well, that's what, and that's what the thing that they said though was in the in this explanation about it is we need to come to terms that college football is an entertainment property, so let's make it entertaining. That's what this yeah. that's what this whole relegation thing would be about. Like, let's get some fun. Listen, if you're watching San Jose State and Fresno State week three, like that's like me and you watching that game. If that's all of a sudden promoted to the Pac-12 second and third place game at the end of the year, the whole country's locking into that. They're all it's locking true. into that game this it's year. True. You know? So it's true. it would I mean it would and, be and the same thing, same thing if it's like UCLA. Well, I guess not UCLA, they're gonna be in the big time, but like Oregon State, Washington State, if they're getting in, in the relegation game or or yeah, State if they're or, so bad when this starts, yeah. But the relegation game will just be great college football content in general. It would be. It, it would, would be. be great. You start having so. people who are keeping tracks of like, oh, how many wins and relegation games they've had and stuff like that. But <laughs> it would be it'd be interesting. The I don't I mean, who were the who were you said eight and eight? So who are the first eight Pac twelve would be then? I obviously it's well, only State. two. Well, it's Oregon State, Washington State, and then what six Mountain West are coming in to be that first group. So it's, they would be merging. They'd be merging completely, and then they'd obviously have to get up to 16 teams for this to work. I don't, how many teams are in the Mountain West right now? I guess I don't know that number off the top of my head. Let me see. They've got a good amount already in there, though. So I, it would be merging, and then I would assume it would be by by finish, by by conference finish, and then they would start the relegation. There's, a, there's 11 that. Mountain West teams right now. So they need to add three more teams. We need three more teams. Could, I mean, we've talked about like Eastern Washington in the FCS, North Dakota State. Yep. Um, there you go. You put them in the Mountain West. You yeah. got to earn your way. Well, they do. I mean, because they can't even qualify for a bowl game, you know, for the first yeah. three years, for few years that they come in. So those so the two top are... six right now in the Mountain West would be Air Force, Fresno State. I mean, this is no conference play, but the top six records right now: Air Force, Fresno State, UNLV, Wyoming, San Diego State, Boise, would be the Pac-12 with the Wazoo and Oregon be, State, I mean, and then New be. Mexico, Hawaii. San Jose State, Colorado State, Nevada, Utah State. I mean, that would all make sense. Yep. It's not. I mean, it's not an awful conference either. It'd be fun. There It'd are be no good bad. Time. I mean, there are no bad conferences. They're all special in their own way. But you know, <laughs> Fresno State right now is cooking. They're gonna. They might end up ranked soon. Hey, they're about to run into a buzzsaw, buddy. Let's yeah, let's relax. Yeah. State, yeah. Let's relax. Yeah. Um, I don't. I have no. The Pac-2 championship will be lit on Saturday, though. We'll see who who is yeah, the, number, the, number 14, the Pacific State team. At, yeah, 14 Oregon State at 21 Washington State. Yeah, should be a fun one. Um, let's go. Let's get into the rest of the conferences, though, here. SEC, we got to talk about Ole Miss-Bama. Is this the year for, for the Rebels? This is their biggest chance, I feel like, to pass Alabama and get into an SEC title game. But they obviously got to win Saturday. I think, I I think it is, and it's I think more so than just is it Ole Miss's year. It's Lane Kiffin's year. He's gonna mm. he's gonna join the. There's only three former coordinators that have beaten uh, Saban 
Can you can you name the three? They're all pretty recently, honestly. Kirby. Mm-hmm. Sark. Sark, yeah, which is very recently, only a week, two weeks ago. Oh man, it's gonna make me mad that I don't I don't know who this is, but I know that I don't know. Who's the third one? Jimbo. Oh, Jimbo, that's right. Jimbo. Jimbo. I always forget Jimbo was on that staff. Yeah. Yeah. Those are only the three coordinators that have beaten Saban, though. Since since that's he took crazy. over again, 15 years, only three former coordinators can beat him. Can Kevin be the fourth? I think so. Because Jackson Dart is playing great football right now. They've already gone on the road and beat a ranked team in Tulane, who was who was a good mm-hmm. team coming into the season. And Alabama yep. just has too many questions at quarterback. They named Jalen Milrow the starter again after last week's debacle at USF, which was really weird that they were at USF to begin with. But that was just a complete shit show that Alabama had going on. And now they're going back to the guy they benched. It just It's a recipe for disaster for Bama, especially going against a good Ole Miss team. Yeah, I'm. It's almost seven point dogs at Bama, but the way that Bama has looked, I mean, we saw them last week and just the the offense and not knowing what to do. I mean, obviously the weather was crazy last week in Tampa and everything else, but they didn't know what they wanted to do at quarterback. Jalen Milrow didn't play last week. They gave the other two a chance. Neither of them impressed. And now Milrow is as a starter again this week in a ranked matchup at home after you basically told him like we have no confidence in you. So it's a really tough position. I know they're, and it's going to help that they're at home. They're, they are going to, Bama being home this week is like the best gift that they could ask for. Cause the last two weeks on the road have just been terrible for them. Probably internally. I can't imagine what practice has been like for those kids with save oh, in the I last mean, couple of weeks. Think, I mean, the thing is though, last time they were at home ranked matchup is they lost to Texas. And we already saw it. So we already saw what happened with Jalen Miller. We threw two picks in that game. It's true. That's it. I mean, that's I don't think home. Ole Miss defense is, I don't think the Ole Miss defense is, uh, is as intimidating. Oh, as say, no, probably, no, they're not as good as Texas, but no, Texas is a tier above both of these teams, which is crazy to say at this point in 2023. But that's where we're at. So we're we're it's, both on Ole Miss. Then, do we think that they can cover and win this game on the road? I don't know if they'll cover. I think they'll win. Um, they haven't. Bama hasn't lost since 2015 against Ole Miss. I think this is the year that it happens. So what I is that? that? That that's a uh, Chad Kelly, right? 2015, right? That's the last time that was in Ole Miss, though. Right? Or was that Bama? I think it was at Ole Miss. I, I think it's at Ole Miss. I believe it was like a 42-41 or 43-42, something like that. And I believe it was Chad Kelly, the legend. It, it was Chad Kelly. I know. I'm and that was like the ridiculous, like him falling backwards yes. uh, and throwing that insane ball up. Um sadly, also, I was looking at this earlier. I'm, uh them with Alabama, they do not have a, a rivalry name, which I think is kind of lame. That is kind of lame. Uh, 43-37, which Ole Miss was 15. It was – no, it was in Bama. Ooh. Ooh. It was in Bama. Less than Ole Miss won, they were 15. All right. We'll so, ride Ole Miss the whole weekend then. That's, that's the sign <laughs> um, we needed. What, uh, one game I wanted to touch on quick too, Arkansas at uh, number 12 LSU. Battle for the yeah. boot. It's the last three games were all were decided by nine points total. It was a field goal win yep. in each of those games. Just a, I mean, rivalry, you know, before rivalry week. Got to keep an eye on it. Who knows? LSU's heavy favorites, but you never know what can happen in a rivalry game. No, you're 100% correct. That's a good call because 
Arkansas always plays LSU well, and Arkansas has not looked great all this year. And they're due, maybe they're due for a performance where they kind of outkick their coverage out and you know play a bit bigger than they're play better than what they're going to be for the rest of the year. And if they're going to do it any week, it's going to be against LSU. So yeah. um, that's going to be an interesting one. And we're and we again, we need to find out about LSU too. They have the bad loss to Florida State at the beginning of the year, but yeah, and then they, they, yeah, they bounce back nicely. Since. Yeah, they they had a nice win last week against Mississippi State, but this is going to be they're they're. It's going to be interesting, and it's a nice segue to talk about Florida State because they get Clemson this week at noon, which used – I mean, 10 years ago, whatever. I mean, a couple years ago, this could have been the biggest matchup of the year, honestly, biggest regular season match, at least in the ACC. We thought about that potential this year. Clemson has just – they've just been – it's been a weird year for Clemson again. They just haven't looked right. But Florida State last week, I mean, maybe they were looking ahead to this Clemson matchup because this is obviously their, one of their biggest games on the schedule and everything else. But they looked didn't look great at Boston College. It is the red bandana game. Boston College always balls out there. And But Jordan Travis had a bad day. He did not look like his normal self. And coming into this yeah. biggest game of the year, they, they, they got to show out. They really got to show out in this one, I think. They do. I mean, they – I mean – they played – I mean, they, even with winning last week, they still played bad enough that the AP dropped them down from three to four. I mean, that's the thing. If you win and you still get dropped, that means you were doing something wrong. They – that game was close at the half, and then they got a comfortable lead in the second half and just rested on their laurels. And BC came back. And BC had ended up having 18 uh, penalties. If that game doesn't happen that way, who knows what happens if BC is able to, you know, be a little bit more disciplined with the ball. It, Florida State, you know, Jordan Travis coming in this year, he was supposed to be like a Heisman candidate. He hasn't played up to that level yet. He's been decent, but he hasn't been the level that they thought he was going to be. And after that first week against LSU, everyone was like, oh, they're for real. And they haven't proven it yet. Or they haven't kept it up yet, I should say. No, they haven't. And you would expect them to go handle business against a Boston College team that a lot of people were not very high on going into the year in BC. I mean, Castellanos played great. That guy is exciting to watch and everything else. But they they should have went and handled business last week. So yeah. to see them, you know, they were – that game could have went either way a couple times there. I mean, they were they were really close to, to blowing that game, and especially in the fourth quarter. I don't know. I don't know if I – I don't know how I feel about them as a national title contender. And looking – just watching them from the eye test when you look at them compared to the teams they're around, like a Georgia, like a Michigan, like a Texas, like Penn State, Ohio State. Like, I'd take all those teams over Florida State at this yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, they're – It might just be, the, you know, the ACC. It might just be a war of attrition eventually because, I mean, they got to play some some decent schools in the ACC, ACC still. And they and got Florida. Florida. Yeah. And who knows – I mean, who knows what happened with Clemson right now too. If Clemson, Clemson might just come in and beat them. Yeah. Come that's, in. That's, they're, they're going, I mean, it's at Clemson. I mean, it's at Clemson. That's, yeah. that, it's Death Valley at noon. It's that's like, it's going to be a raucous atmosphere. And this is like Clemson gets up for these games, no matter what they're going to, they're going to be in this game. I still think I'm going to take Florida state. I think they're going to win. I don't like Clemson that much, but I don't know. I just, yeah. they didn't, they worried me last week and they don't look as dominant. I mean, they have the biggest win of the season, but it's week one and you got to just take that into consideration with everything. Do they still have the biggest win of the season though? Is well, Texas I mean, I, I mean in the ACC, team? I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, Texas yeah. over Bama is probably bigger, but just like out of these two teams, they, they've looked the most impressive. They've, they've, and it's even getting back to last year, like they've been the most consistent out of them, but Clemson can win. Clemson could win this game by two touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. No. Like I don't and know. It depends on Cade. Cade has looked yes. better than that since that Duke game, for sure. Um, still not amazing. He had his best rushing performance last week, actually, because he, yeah. he had a not great uh, pass percentage. 
six for 35 and a touchdown. And if he can just take care of the ball, he didn't have any turnovers last week. That's going to be the biggest factor. If he can take care of the ball and just kind of let his guys do their thing and, you know, rely on Will Shipwood a little bit, I wouldn't be surprised either if Clemson wins. Maybe not to like two touchdowns, but they're only two, they're two point underdogs at home. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would like, like that's the the two plays I like are taking Clemson and taking Notre Dame at home as road road favorites. You get to take Notre Dame and Clemson like or home favorites. You get to take Notre Dame and Clemson. Like give me that all day. Like those are two teams that you just could trust at home in situations, I think. So we'll see. Well, you really can't trust Notre Dame in big top 10 games, but this year's Notre Dame, I think you can trust in this situation. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. Yet to be trusted, but we'll see. Yeah. Big. Let's go to the big 12. Let's wrap up here. Um, Big road test, really. That's the biggest thing. Oklahoma, big noon kickoff, going to Cincinnati for their one and only Big Twelve matchup that they'll ever have. So that'll yeah. that'll be a that'll be a nice uh, trivia question in the future with yeah. the one matchup of Big Twelve play. But Oklahoma at Cincy. Cincy hasn't obviously is not the same as they've been the last couple of years, but that's going to be a tough environment. Noon at Nippert Stadium. That place is going to be rocking for Oklahoma coming in. Uh, how do you feel about that game for the for the Sooners? It, it, I mean, it's tough uh, because Oklahoma hasn't really played anybody good this year. They started out against Arkansas State, destroyed them, seventy three to nothing. Uh, then they played SMU, kind of close, twenty four eleven, and then they blew Tulsa out. It was like sixty three to seven or something like that. They're averaging fifty five points a game, which is absurd that they're on the fourth week of the season. They're averaging over fifty points a game. But, like I said, haven't really played anybody. I think it's interesting that both these teams, Oklahoma and Texas, that the last year in the Big 12, they open up the Big 12 schedule on the road. I'm sure that was yeah. planned out accordingly for those guys. Um, I don't know. Since he's a middling defense, I don't know if they're going to get blown out, but I think Oklahoma takes care of business. And they're looking ahead, you know, and it's only two more weeks until Red River after this. So I think they got their, they got their eyes set on a bigger prize and they want to keep on climbing those rankings. I mean, they're up to 16 now. This win here can help them a lot. I, I'm with you. I, I think that I honestly think we can move to Texas a little bit too. I think both these teams are going to handle business this week. And I think they're both clearing away the best teams in the big 12 this year, Oklahoma. I know that they haven't played anybody yet, but they just look different. They just look like they're more, in sync this year like they 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 fully bought into venables and everything he's trying to do their offense is ways much more well-tuned than it was last year that's for sure oh for sure um and then texas i mean going to waco you know can always be difficult it's not it's not an easy environment to play in but baylor has not looked good this year (laughs) listen if texas texas state beat baylor so if texas Uh, can't beat baylor there's a problem (laughs) yeah they are they are I don't know if they've had their third game at home. I don't know if the, all three of their games are home, but they're at least 0-2 at home so far because yeah. they at least they lost to Utah and they lost to Texas State at home, which is rough. Yeah, but you never know. Big Twelve is Big Twelve like conference games are different than losing to some. You and know, Vegas team. agrees with us because both of these spreads are it's 14 point favorites for Oklahoma on the road and 14 and a half for Texas on the road. So both these games are like, ah, it could be two touchdowns, but this could be a close game too. Like, we'll never know. It's always like a tricky game for it is for them. It it's it's not the same like level as like rivalry as like Texas Tech is, but Texas always plays Baylor pretty close. So it, it'll be interesting. It's gonna be fun. All right. 
let's wrap it up there. We that was a that was a good forty minutes. We got we pretty much touched on every every big game coming up this weekend. Yeah. It's going to be a great showdown Saturday. So thank you for joining the Not Here to Play Wait, School Pod. Before you go, you know, before we go, what Kent State, uh, Fresno State? Oh yes, for your flashes. Yeah, forty nine to ten Fresno. <laughs> they're getting 10 though they're getting 10 they, they're getting a touch that's that's the pull they're getting a touchdown this time right. no we're not two field because the last two games has been against the F- fbs schools it's been two field goals both times need a touchdown in there they maybe the confidence is looking up though you know they had a big win over central connecticut state last week so the offense was flowing yeah. a little bit yeah who knows yeah, I think, State I think always kind of oh what i mean we looked others receiving votes they're taking they're the 30th team in the country right now, technically. So yeah, I was fucking pissed because when I was looking at the schedule like last year, I was like, oh, well, at least at Fresno, maybe that'll be like a game they could sneak and it'd be competitive or whatever. And now Fresno is just nasty. Oh, they, so, they are apparently. Yeah, they're just cooking. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. And uh, also our friends at UB is just it's not good. Good times. They, no, but Liberty, good. maybe Liberty really just has their number, you know? Maybe that's all it is. Liberty Maybe. is a – they are a school, you know. They, they are they are a school. Who does, uh, who does UB play this week? I don't even they, know. They're at Louisiana. <laughs> at Louisiana. Okay. Two and one. Asian, huh? Yeah, it's not great. It's not going to – There's also a 730 night game. That is right, seven, right there with the whiteout game and OSU Notre Dame is UB at Louisiana. Those are your three yeah, 730 games you need to have going on TV. <laughs> and so. Louisiana's only loss this year is a seven-point loss at Old Dominion, the powerhouse. So, who knows? We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, and then next week, you be at Akron. So, Mac play starts in earnest. Okay, yeah, battle back. We'll get some fun Mac games. And then uh, Kent is home to Miami next week. So Of Ohio? It'll be fun. Or, yes. Okay, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I never know. <laughs> it's the hurricanes coming up. That would be lit, honestly. But I don't think that'll ever happen. All right, let's get out of here. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Mo. Of course. Enjoy Saturday.